0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, the
0: 2022
1: NFL Draft is in the books. In the books, baby. But did the Steelers make the right Decisions today. We're going to discuss every pick that the Steelers made and who they left on the board and figure out which moves were good and which ones were bad. We'll get into that and so many other things today on the Steelers draft fix. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Andrew Wilbar, contributor for behind the steel curtain.com, alongside Jeremy Betts, the other host of this fine podcast. Jeremy, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk some draft. It was a very interesting one from a lot of different perspectives. And uh, specifically from a Steelers' perspective, a little, a little different than what I think a lot of people thought it was going to go. But you know, in the end, it's a solid draft. I think we'll get to it more in depth. But um, you know, I'm just excited to be able to to talk about this and uh, you know, eventually see how these guys can perform as we lead up to the regular season starting. Is it far-fetched to say that this was the craziest draft that you can ever remember? Absolutely not. It is not far-fetched at all. It is the craziest draft. I think I tweeted that out um, sometime in the middle of the first or second round, but, or, or day two, I think, is when I did it. But you know, my first reaction was that the NFL is finally getting quarterback value in a, in a draft where they're not uh, exceptional correct. Um, There are a few things that might be a little off about that statement, but it seems to be that they finally said, Hey, this class isn't great. Let's treat it like it's not great. Let's not pull a, I think it was 2013 draft uh, EJ manual and, and so on and so forth where there's just a bunch of of reaches. And um, so, you know, maybe they, maybe the NFL uh, teams figured it out for this year. And uh, we didn't see a lot of QB movement early. That was probably the biggest thing. But so many trades, such a hectic uh, first couple of days, especially. So definitely one of the wildest I've ever seen.
1: Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be breaking down a lot of the major storylines, getting into the nitty-gritty of the Steelers-related news. Uh, we're spend several weeks on it. And then before we transition to fantasy football, we're going to get into an early glance at the 2023 draft class. But today we're going to be primarily focusing on the Steelers picks. But before we get into that, the Steelers did make a free agent acquisition, and that was the signing of DeMonte Casey, former Dallas Cowboys safety, who I believe one time even led the league in interceptions uh, for one season. Jeremy, what are your initial thoughts to the signing of DeMonte Casey?
2: So when KZ came out in the draft, um, I believe he went to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that was his first team. And I really liked him as kind of a, do it all player on the back end. He's got some position flexibility back there. Sometimes he lines up in the slot. Even he's a little bit smaller, um, but he's got a uh, really good quickness and is able to see the field. Well, um, so I like it. I mentioned on the, um, on the, on the Steelers uh, round table uh, after the third round pick of Demarvin Marvin Leal that the Steelers might uh, still be in the market to add to the safety position. Turns out they were, and that, um, you know, maybe uh, Terrell Edmonds isn't going to be just the, the right end in starter on the back end alongside of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe there's a little bit more to, to what the Steelers are trying to do. It really seems to me that um, T- Terrell Austin and Brian Flores are trying to bring in versatile players and a lot of different guys that can play a lot of different roles. Maybe they're not exceptional at any one role, but they are – just instinctive, versatile football players. And that kind of lines up with what you saw out of Brian Flores' defense when he was uh, running it in in, uh, Miami. So I like the signing. I think it's good. I want to see – I don't know. Have we seen contract information for it yet? I am not positive. I I haven't
1: seen it that has come out. I don't envision it to be a super large signing. If it does, probably only a couple million dollars.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder, though, if it's going to be a little more – than Edmonds uh, it could potentially be. Most everybody's making more than Terrell Edmonds. So. <laughs> it's, it's still baffling to see how low that contract was. It was a great signing
1: by the Steelers. With Demonte Kazi, with that flexibility that you were talking about, we know Brian Flores loves those hybrid defenders. Casey can play a lot of different roles with this team. I mean, he's not the greatest athlete, uh, but he's going to be a really good third safety behind Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. The other Steelers news, which, uh, Jeremy, I forgot to even add to the outline, was the news today that came – of course, we're recording this on Monday – that Devin Bush's fifth-year uh, yeah. option was not going to be exercised by the team. Of course, I was a big Devin Bush fan being a Michigan fan uh, right. when he was coming out. Uh, but what do you think of the Steelers' decision to not exercise this fifth-year option?
2: I think it's – I don't know if it's the only move they could have made, um, but I think it's it, – I lean toward it. It's the right one. I have a little bit of, um, I guess misgivings about it, not misgivings. Um, just I'm a little torn. I'm a little on the fence about it because in one sense, if you exercise a fifth year option and he does round into form again this year, then basically you get a, a stud linebacker at a discounted price in his fifth year. Um, but then again, maybe they're going for the, hey, let's motivate this guy. Um, he had a, a year. We'll give him a pass for one year coming off the injury, but he doesn't get two. Let's see if maybe this motivates him. We'll see if it does. Uh, we'll see if he's that kind of um, person, be externally motivated by a contract year or not. But a lot of this needs to come from Bush himself, and he needs to answer the call in year four. I think it's the, the right move for the Steelers at this point.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with the decision that the Steelers made. At least this way, he has to work for what he's going to earn. Now, I feel a lot of people are putting this in the same conversation as Terrell Edmonds and kind of the situation he was in this past year. I feel like with Devin Bush, just because the Steelers had more stock in him because they actually traded up to get him, I get the sense that if he does have a phenomenal year, the Steelers are going to have to pay a lot more for him than what they had to with Terrell Edmonds to keep him around. Mm -hmm. But – I think at the end of the day, either way, it's not going to make a huge difference. If Devin Bush is good enough and the Steelers truly believe in him, they're going to pay him long-term. I I would have leaned more toward giving him the fifth-year option just because I believe uh, a little bit more. Maybe I'm just biased Michigan biased, but I do believe – I've seen some of the videos of him training. He looks a lot healthier than he did last year. I mean, you could tell last year on the field. He was not running at his full speed. He was not back to full strength. He was not the same player we saw before the injury. So maybe you're removed from the injury. I mean, it takes Mm -hmm. usually two years to fully recover from an ACL. So we'll see if this is the year for him, but uh, definitely
2: an interesting decision that the Steelers made there. Jeremy, do you have anything else you want to add to that before we move on? I just think he's got a lot of doubters, uh, but I also think he's got some supporters as well, uh, specifically within the organization. Um, The doubters will be on the outside, obviously, and we'll see what kind of – of person he is from a, like I mentioned before, an external motivation factor, but I, I agree with you on the injury front. Um, when you tear an ACL, when you do something to your legs specifically, whether that be a knee or a, a foot or an ankle or something like that, it takes a while to get, to get comfortable moving on it again. Even if you probably could that that's in the back of your mind. It, it, it just happens to you no matter what it trying to, uh, just weed out is hard to do. So maybe a year removed, we can see that. I still have faith in him. Um, but with them not exercising the fifth year option, you know, it might make a little more sense as to why Miles Jack was the linebacker target in free agency, as opposed to uh, maybe a more traditional uh, Buck linebacker player. That would be my only other thought on on that uh, subject. One hundred percent patience is a virtue, Steelers fans, and I'm speaking
1: to myself when I say that. That fans sometimes do not have as much as they should. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to get into grading the Pittsburgh Steelers draft picks. The Steelers had seven selections in this year's draft, starting with their first round selection of Kenny Pickett. Pickett. This, the Steelers were rumored to be interested in quarterbacks. Uh, to the surprise of many, the Steelers did not go with Malik Wills They went with the uh, homegrown. Kenny Pickett, who of course played at Pitt. Jeremy, what initial grade do you give the drafting of Kenny Pickett?
2: So I give it a I give it a B minus because we saw the uh, collapse of the quarterback market in this draft, if you will. Uh, so maybe it was early, um, but I don't think you can necessarily fault the Steelers for addressing their biggest need in the first round. Pickett is, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were all over it when they said he's a high floor guy. He's a, you know, he's he's, he's NFL ready from a lot of perspectives mentally and then in his ability to work through progressions and make reads on the field. He's got Steelers prototypical size when it comes to the quarterbacks. He was in-house. In all reality, we probably should have seen it coming a little bit more. It seems like they uh, were kind of putting people off their scent maybe to keep maybe a, a team like Carolina from making moves to acquire him earlier. Whatever they did, it worked to perfection because not many of us saw it coming. We had other guys pegged for it, but I give it a B minus just because it does address the need. Uh, maybe it was a little soon for what this quarterback class had to offer, Um but you can't fault the Steelers for taking the guy they knew best, and a guy that um, really I think they drafted to start this year. And if he doesn't win the job, it would be somewhat of a disappointment to have to start Trubisky, who I think really became, um, really was all along the fallback option instead of uh, option number one at quarterback for 2022.
1: And it's interesting that you mentioned Trubisky because that's what I think through a lot of fans, including myself. Off because when you bring in a guy like Trubisky, who's more that stopgap option, you don't expect the team to bring in the most pro ready quarterback who's more than likely ready to start day one.
2: Right. Because right.
1: what I mean, literally at this point, what is sitting on the bench going to do, Kenny Pickett? He started over forty career college games. He's as good yeah. as he's going to get. He doesn't have a whole lot of technical issues he needs to clean up. It's just in terms of you know what is his upside long term. So you know, I would like to see Trubisky start just because I'd like to see what he can do in Matt Cain's offense because I do believe in him. I'm hoping he'll get that opportunity. I kind of doubt it at this point, which really stinks, but I'm giving the Kenny Pickett grade a C. Passing on Malik Willis three times, passing on Andrew (laughs) Booth in the first round, both of them. That's why I docked it. I felt like docking it more just because seeing how the Steelers passed on Willis three separate times, seeing how late the Steelers could have gotten Malik Willis, who I believe was the clear-cut number one quarterback in this draft. But since nobody – I mean, in all fairness, nobody on planet Earth Saw Malik Willis falling as far as he did. Right. So yeah. to be fair, I'm gonna give it a C. I'm not gonna hold that against the Steelers. Um obviously nobody saw that coming, uh, but still I would give it a C. I think Kenny Pickett's uh a little bit better than the game manager. Uh we've talked about this a lot on BTSC Slack's channel uh right. this week. And you know, I'm not against Kenny Pickett. I'm gonna fully support him as the quarterback. I just don't think he has the upside that Willis had, and I believe Matt Kansas system really would have fit what Malik Willis. Was in his skill set, I just felt like it was going to fit a little bit better. Can he pick it? Reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins. He has that it factor, which Kirk Cousins doesn't have. Maybe that means that he can win more big games. Sure. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback, but he also hasn't won any Super Bowls. So right. That's going to be the million-dollar question.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, I think the one other yeah, thing yeah. that I – yeah, the one other thing I, I sense with this pick is that it was just – it was a philosophical approach to how they were going to pick in this draft. Um, if you – that's why I said Trubisky was the fallback uh, all along kind of in their thought process is so they, they sign him because they're not sure, first of all, how the draft's going to, going to fall. Right. So they don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be there available to them at 20. They hope so. They don't know. So, so if he's not, then you've got a guy in Trubisky who can, can jump in. He's played in the NFL. He's got some, uh, some tape out there, and they think that he could potentially turn his career around, right? So that's why you sign him in the first place. Now that you have Pickett, or now that you get to draft day and you get to pick twenty, you've got Pickett or Willis on the board, right? the The Steelers chose Pickett in this case because all along their thought process wasn't if if we have our choice of the quarterbacks, we have Trubisky, he's going to start for us this year. Let's go ahead and get the guy with more upside. It, their philosophy was okay, we've got Trubisky just in case our guy Kenny Pickett, now that we can draft him, doesn't work out for 2022. That's kind of what I think the philosophy was behind it, and that's why they went with Pickett over Willis, who I think that um, kind of widely thought of as the um, higher upside quarterback across the league. Right. And I think the other
1: interesting question to ask with the Steelers is, if Kenny Pickett was off the board, would the Steelers have taken Malik Willis? Mm-hmm. And is that also why the Steelers maybe brought in Trubisky, knowing that maybe Kenny Pickett was their guy, but if they didn't get him, they wouldn't want to rush Malik Willis to the fold. Maybe they Correct. were going to take the quarterback regardless. Yes. But either way, I, I think the bigger thing with migrating is just more philosophical disagreements sure. within the organization more than in terms of players. I'm not against Absolutely. Kenny Pickett, say, um, just in terms of philosophy. But moving on to the second round pick, George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia. A lot of people, including myself, thought this pick was going to be Sky Moore, the Pittsburgh native. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pickens, big-bodied receiver. Jeremy, what grade did you give the Steelers for this one?
2: So I love this pick. I give it an A, and here's why. Um, Talent-wise, George Pickens has always been one of the top-level talents in this class. He was always going to be. The injuries really derailed that. I think you're looking at a top five pick if he never got injured. Uh, he was that type of player for this draft class. Um, if you look at the, the coordination skills, his ability to catch the football, his um, aggressiveness at the catch point, it's all marks of a number one wide receiver from a physicality standpoint. He even has that demeanor as well as a you're not going to beat me uh, I'm going to beat you. That's kind of his his demeanor on the field. So I think he really, I, you know, maybe he doesn't fit necessarily the biggest need at wide receiver for the Steelers. That would have been the slot position with the other two guys that they have on the roster. But if you look at long-term potential, if the injury uh, doesn't affect him, I think that they got the best wide receiver available to them uh, in the second round with the pick of, of George Pickens. I gave
1: the pick a B. I like him overall as a prospect. He was number 49 on the big board. My only issue is that he is another boundary receiver. Both Claypool and Deontay Johnson are playing outside receiver roles for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson's is playing that extra receiver role that Antonio Brown used to play. And I think a lot of that is because he lacks the physicality to play in the slot. Um, I, my hope is that we see a lot more of Calvin Austin, Anthony Miller, maybe more than what fans expect. I would like to see them play a lot of time in the slot. I'm hoping R- Miller makes this roster. But that is, I mean, that's a complete unknown at this point. The other concern with Pickens is that he isn't much of a blocker on the outside. And that's why I thought the Steelers would look in the direction of Sky more. He's more of the prototype Steelers undersized receiver. Whereas when Mm -hmm. you, the Steelers like, when the Steelers get a bigger receiver on the outside, they generally prefer someone who's willing to do the dirty work and do some blocking. And the run game and Pickens really isn't that guy. I never saw him do a whole lot in terms of trying to run block, but in terms of overall athleticism, I mean, you nailed it right on the head. Very good athlete. I'm excited to see what he does. It was, I found it kind of ironic that Chase Playpool is the one who announced the pick yeah, because if he funny. doesn't work out long-term, he may have just announced his replacement. It, right. wasn't interesting <laughs> that he didn't even, it wasn't interesting that he didn't even announce the position. He just said the Sears select George Pickens from Georgia. Um But we'll see what happens there long-term round number three Demarvin. I guess, it's pronounced Leal. I was pronouncing it Leal the entire draft yeah. process, but, process, but apparently it's the Marvin Leal, defensive lineman from Texas Tech. Most people peg is a five technique or a three-four system. Jeremy, what grade did you give this pick?
2: Uh, this is a C for me. I thought that there were some other better options on the board. Everybody that listens to this show know, knows that I really liked um, Nick Cross. I liked a couple uh, other. Uh, options for maybe the secondary or uh, a guy that was just picked a a few picks later, uh, Channing Tindall. I really like him at the linebacker position out of Georgia. Um, I don't hate the pick because it does address a position that is going to be um, lacking in the next couple years, potentially with some uh, veteran Steeler players moving on. And I do think he's got, um, he's got really solid tape. I don't know if he flashes a lot of um, all pro or pro bowl potential necessarily. Uh, but what he will provide you is solid snaps against the run and some uh, upside as a pass rusher from the five technique. Um, and then, again, another guy with position versatility along the defensive line seemed to be a theme with this draft and with the Steelers um, additions in free agency.
1: I gave this pick a C as well. My concern is more off the field. He was arrested for possession of marijuana a week before Christmas. I made a mistake on the round table. Uh, So for those of you that listen to that, forgive me. I said that he was arrested for DUI. Uh, That was my bad is possession of marijuana a week before Christmas. Hmm. So you have some red flags off the field. You've got some character concerns. I mean, on the field, he's productive. He has talent, but it sounded like things were headed in the right direction with Stefan Tua. I did not expect this position to be addressed this early, but apparently the Steelers know something about to it that we haven't been told yet because they would not have made this pick if they were positive he was coming back. Because I I get the sense that this is either as a replacement for Cameron Hayward because of age or Stefan it. And I tend to think that it's going to be more Stephon mm. it. But still, I gave the pick a C partially because of off-field issues, partially because of guys that they passed on the board. And in the second half of the show, by the way, we're going to get into guys that we would have taken. Maybe we'll give you a little bit more insight as to guys we would have taken ahead, and maybe that will help explain why we are a little bit lower on some of these picks. Mm-hmm. In round four, Calvin Austin, wide receiver Memphis. The Steelers finally got their burner at wide receiver. Jeremy, what would you give this pick?
2: This is a an A-minus for me. Um, the reason I popped the minus on there is because of needs in the secondary um, not being addressed. They already had picked a wide receiver. Um, so, you know, maybe – as far as rounding out the entirety of the roster um, grabbing a, a player in the secondary uh, would have been advisable, but still you cannot hate this pick at all. Um, in the fourth round, Calvin Austin is one of the the better picks in that entire round for sure. Uh, the guy's got absolutely real four, three speed on the field, um, a straight line, whatever you want to call it. He is lightning in a bottle and could be, a massive contributor for this team very early uh, in his career. I think he's going to be an intriguing target for the Steelers in in, as a rookie. I really do. He's got that type of plug and play ability in the slot because of that speed and quickness and he catches everything. He's got big hands for a guy who's only five, eight, nine and a, a quarter inch hands. That's, you know, sizable hands. He catches the ball. Well, um, and uh, tracks the ball well on the deep passes uh, so really a, a really solid pick in my opinion I gave this one an a-minus as well now I gave, right. I
1: had the minus on there for a different reason and that's in terms of durability sure I, when I was wanting that I've wanted the Steelers to get a burner for years and don't get me wrong he was number 74 on the big board so I have no issues with this pick but the, when I wanted the Steelers to get a burner, I wanted to have it to be someone that had a little bit more size than what Austin had. I'm, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, you know, a Chase Claypool monster. I'm talking 5'10", 5'11", in the 185 to 190 pound range. Austin mm-hmm. is 5'7", and three quarters, 170 pounds. He plays with a lot of toughness. I like his athleticism, but that is really small. Uh, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not one of these fans that's saying he's going to be a Dre Archer at the wide receiver position or anything like that. Um, there's, but there's going to be some durability concerns at that size. The good news is he does have a six foot one inch wingspan, which really makes it a little bit more encouraging for me as a fan. Cause obviously you have concerns about, you know, if the quarterback's inaccurate, you know, what's, how's he going to be able to hit a five foot seven target down the field. That six foot one inch wingspan is a little bit comforting, uh, for me as a Steelers an avid Steelers fan in round six. The Steelers went with a familiar name, but an unknown prospect to many. And that was Connor Hayward, the fullback who is also listed as a tight end. And from the sounds of Alfredo Roberts, the Steelers tight ends coach, it sounds like the Steelers are going to try using him as a tight end. Jeremy, I don't know if I agree with the way the Steelers are planning on using him, but I gave this pick an A. What about you?
2: I gave it a B uh, because he's kind of a guy without a position, like you just mentioned. It'll be up to Matt Canada to to really use him to the best of of his skill set. I think he's got, I think he's a very talented and skilled pass catcher, um, and he's actually got really quick feet. Really chops the the feet well during the route and uh, uh, when he drives as a ball carrier too. So it'll take a very creative. usage of him to make this pick worth it but uh, then again secondary uh, needs still on the board Um, you know you got to feel like the Steelers are comfortable with their cornerback and safety room uh, especially now that they've added KZ to it because they flat out ignored it really during the draft process to get a guy here in round six that um, I kind of was it felt like a luxury pick if you've got everything else together on your roster this is the kind of pick you make and i think they did that without being in that position so that's why i give it a b but i do love the player i love what it'll it'll do for the locker room too uh, he's going to be a plus locker room asset because of the relationship with his brother cam and uh so i'm looking forward to him being a stealer i just don't know if it was the best use of a six-round pick with guys like Tariq castro fields and other cornerbacks uh, still on the board I love Hayward's
1: blocking ability, and I like his versatility. But in terms of actual length, I don't think he's going to be much of a red zone weapon as a tight end. I feel like his skill set provides him best at the fullback position. So I really think for the Steelers to create and start a new family reunion, I believe that would mean ending another one and cutting Derek Mm -hmm. Watt, which would actually save the Steelers a decent amount of money. It'll be interesting to see which direction the Steelers go.
2: Yeah, just real quick on that. I think uh, another guy who could see the the chopping block instead of Watt potentially, is um, Trey Edmonds, Terrell's yes. brother, um, because uh, he, Derek obviously provides more value on special teams than Trey does. Um, I don't know if that's the only reason why you would keep Hayward over Watt, but um, it just feels like Watt's got more of a, a – he's got a higher uh, pedigree in the, in the building than Trey does. Trey's kind of just there. (laughs) You know, I don't know what Trey's role is really. He was very undefined. So I think from from my side of things, I I would say it's more likely Trey Trey Edmonds is out the door uh, than uh, Derek Watt. But either one of those guys probably uh, gets a pink slip. One of those guys does by the end of of training camp.
1: The Steelers also really seem confident in Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry at the tight end position. They did not even – not only did they not address it in the draft, but as far as I can remember, they did not even sign a undrafted free agent at the tight end position. So oh, if, correct. you know, and maybe they, this maybe Kevin Rader is now in danger of not making this roster as he was once projected to make it as the third tight end. Hmm. But around round seven, Mark Robinson, linebacker from Ole Miss, he was not the first linebacker that most people were thinking about uh, when yeah. it came to Ole Miss. But what grade did you give this one? We had talked about him uh, in our rumor session a couple weeks ago on the draft fix about Emma's potential guy the Steelers would draft, what do you what right. grade do you give this? Pick?
2: So I give it a C. I like the potential that's there. He's new to the position and he hit the ground running and, and was pretty instinctive. I think you. Can, I think the upside with the pick is that they think that they can develop him into um, a viable option at linebacker. He's not there yet. It'll be a stretch for him to make the roster probably, but they didn't want to fight the undrafted free agency uh, battle for him. Probably that's why they, they took him there. Um, So I, you know, it's not, I would have liked to see maybe a a different direction gone in the draft and try to grab him in uh, undrafted free agency, but um, they went with it. And so high upside uh, not going to provide a lot in your, year one though. Yeah, I gave it a C
1: minus. He plays like a former running back because he is a former running back. He plays like a little missile coming downhill, full head of steam, but there's concerns about lack of length, and he's still learning the position. I felt like the Steelers passed up on a lot of different talent. I trust Brian, Brian Flores' intuition, but I gave it a C minus. I'm not super excited about the pick. Um, two more things, the undrafted class, but first we have Chris Oladokun. I believe that is how his name is pronounced, quarterback from South Dakota State date i believe uh jeremy what grade did you give this
2: one uh this is a a c for me as well because they already addressed quarterback um but then again at this point at that point in the draft there like i said with mark robinson they're just trying to avoid fights in uh, undrafted free agency to get a guy that they uh talked to that they met with um and that they liked well enough to um draft you know, I I get this where they're coming from with that, but for a position they've already addressed and a guy that's probably not going to do much more than provide some um, camp snaps. At least at this point, that's that's what we would expect. Um, to me, it falls in the C range.
1: Yeah, I was going to give it a C, but I decided to move it up to B minus just there because I. Do like his dual threat ability. The reason it's not higher is because of all the talent the Steelers passed up on it. It doesn't have anything to do with Oladokun. Um, I believe he has upside, and I, if right. he plays well enough in uh, the preseason, wouldn't shock me if the Steelers decided to move on from Mason Rudolph, trade him for a seventh round pick to some team, and run with Oladokun. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And lastly, the undrafted free agent class, Jeremy. You know as well as I do. Every year. I get so frustrated with the Steelers philosophy heading into undrafted free agency because every year there's so many guys that we do not expect to fall. They fall to undrafted free agency. It costs what? $10,000 extra to go Mm -hmm. after them and try to bring them in. But the Steelers do not have the same philosophy. What grade did you give the Steelers undrafted free agent class?
2: Uh, To me, it's a, a C. I give it a passing grade just because I didn't know many of these names. I did not like that they passed up on um, some better prospects for sure but the the C maybe I'll go C minus I'll go C minus because because of the reasons I mentioned there and just the fact that they they took players at positions that were not as highly touted as other players at those same positions um, they went with a, a running back um, I'm not, I don't remember the name right now. Uh, do you remember? I don't have the list in
1: front of me, right? Oh, that's now.
2: okay. Yeah. Um, I liked Abram Smith a lot better, <laughs> you know, uh, as a person who kind of scouted uh, that side of things a little bit more. Um, you know, I thought there were some better options on the table, but um, you know, they're, they're going to come in and they're going to, they're going to fight and the Steelers knew these guys better than we did. So I'll, I'll trust them a little bit, but C minus for me.
1: I give it a D minus, and I was very tempted to give it an F. I think Chris Steele and Donovan Jeter could potentially make the back end of the roster or at least make the practice squad. But other than that, these guys are not doing anything outside of filling out the 90-man roster, not going to compete in any position. As far, I mean, I every year there's always someone who comes out of nowhere that we don't expect. I mean, no. Nobody really expected Jameer Jones a whole lot until we saw him play at least a little bit, and everyone's like, okay, all right, this guy's got some abilities. But for the most part, you know, nobody saw things coming from Jameer Jones, uh, Tuzar Skipper, all these other guys. Nobody really expected a whole right. lot from him. so we'll see what happens. But all of the talent they passed up on: Daryl Baker Jr.,
0: we interviewed
1: Daryl yeah. Rosenthal.
0: Carson Strong, Isaiah right. Weston, Isaiah Polamau, Lucas Kroll, Glenn Logan, the list goes on and on. It doesn't cost that much more for all these guys in the Sears. If you pay just $100,000 more, you could yes. sign 10 extra guys and nobody <laughs> would even care. I mean, there's so much to help the Steers have passed up these past couple of years, and it is just mind-boggling why the Steers aren't willing to pay just a little bit extra. So many prospects out there that, you know I mean, uh, running back, there were so many running backs, not just Abram Smith. Master Teague, the guy I yeah. from Ohio State, tested phenomenal. Yeah. How did he go undrafted? We saw other running backs go undrafted. Isaiah Weston, we were talking about how he tested as good as Martavis Bryant. I don't yeah. care if it's six or something. How does that guy go undrafted? Sure. So many yeah. guys, we could go on forever. The Steelers do not have a good philosophy when it comes to evaluating undrafted free agents. And it frustrates me more than anything. And Malik Willis frustrating me a lot. Don't <laughs> be wrong. For yeah. the undrafted free agent class, I'm telling you, the Steelers do not know how to evaluate undrafted free agents.
2: <laughs> well, how about that? Um, you know what, Andrew? I think you need to take a break from all this. What do you think? Take a break for we a little need while to take a break of, yeah. <laughs> before we head into the second half and get into <laughs> yeah. more blood pressure raising topic. <laughs> right on. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, Steelers fans, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this to
1: get into the things that we would have done if we were the general manager. You won't want to go anywhere, so stay
2: tuned.
0: Welcome
1: back to the second half of the Steelers draft fix alongside Jeremy Betts. I'm Andrew Wilbar. We discussed in the first half what the actual Steelers selections were and how we would grade them. But what would we have done if we were the general managers? So Jeremy and I have gone through each pick that the Steelers had. We're not doing any trades, anything like that, but we're going by each pick that the Steelers had we're going to decide who we would have taken in that scenario based on who is available in the actual draft. So Jeremy, let's start off with you in round one. Would you have taken Kenny Pickett like the Steelers? Or based on your grade, I imagine that there was somebody else that you probably would have taken instead.
2: Yeah. So I, I did not take Kenny Pickett in mine and, you know, I kind of did mine with the whole draft in sight. So maybe that was the wrong way to do it. I'm not sure. Um, but my thought was, Hey, if the quarterbacks are going to be this, devalued throughout the the selection process then I'm going to avoid one in the first round too and I'm going to go with a positional player that's got um some real upside so I went with Devonte Wyatt with my first round pick I think he's got uh real juice on the D line he's got the potential to be one of the better interior defenders in this class and uh pass rush upside is there he reminds me a lot of um Stefan to it from a pass rush perspective, he can get to the quarterback when he's healthy, when he's uh, when he's on his game and and pushing people around. So I went um, with a defensive tackle and Devontae Wyatt with my first round pick uh, kind of looking at the, at the draft as a whole and how the quarterbacks were devalued uh, across the board outside of the Steelers selection of picket.
1: Yins know I went with Malik Willis overall number five player on my board. I mean, I know that the quarterbacks were devalued, but at this point, I mean, as high as I was at Malik Wills, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily risk it with the quarterbacks. I mean, I I, I wouldn't, if the, he was on the board at pick 20, which most people were telling me when I was doing my mock drafts, that there is no way he's going to fall to pick right. 20. You better <laughs> trade that for us to go up. So I did project a trade for us to go up and the Steelers did not even need to trade up for Wills. In fact, we didn't even need to take him with our first pick. It was so bad, uh, but <laughs> Nonetheless, I if he was there in the first round, not knowing how far he was going to fall, I would have taken Malik Willis with that first pick, knowing how high I was on him. In round two, which direction would you have gone? you would address the defensive line. Is round two where we see the quarterback?
2: No, round two is not either because, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking at the, the thing as a whole, and I'm seeing what we can get in the third round. Um, okay. So I went with George Pickens again. Uh, I think that that was a, a fantastic second-round pick. In fact, I wouldn't have gone any other direction with it. I love the Pickens pick, and I think he can be i think he can be the steal of the draft. No kidding when I say that. I went with Sky Moore in the second round. Um, I, I, it took me a while to
1: jump on the full bandwagon with him, uh, but he's closer to the mold of Antonio Brown than Deontay Johnson is in that he has enough physicality to play in the slot, and yep. he has the ability to play on the outside. He can run rounds, so He has good body control. He has good hands. I just like his game overall as a whole, and I think he's a great fit in Kansas City where he ended up going to. Whereas with Malik Willis, I'm a little bit more concerned about his long-term upside. I, believe, I fully believe mm-hmm. no matter what happens in Tennessee, he would have done better as a pro in Pittsburgh than Kenny Pickett will do in Pittsburgh. But Tennessee, even though he can sit for the first year, overall the offense that they run is not does not exactly fit the style that he plays. So I think at the end of the day – Uh, Malik Willis, I mean, there's a lot more risk involved now that he's with Tennessee. Uh, But with Sky Moore, uh, he would have been a great fit here in Pittsburgh. I love that one. Um, In round three, where'd you go?
2: Now I went quarterback because two picks later, the Titans did make their selection of Willis. So I'm taking Willis before they can. And, uh, you know, I talked at the top of the show how I thought the Steelers philosophically approached the draft from, we don't want a guy to sit and let Trubisky be our lead. We want a guy to lead and let Trubisky be our fallback. So they went with Pickett instead of Willis in this mock. I'm taking the other approach I'm taking. Let's let Trubisky do his job here this year. Let's see what we can get out of him. If he can become what he never could in Chicago, um, which is a, a player worthy of the second overall selection in the draft, then Man, we found ourselves a, a stud, and we've got, we, you know, we've got our insurance policy in Willis, as opposed to uh, the insurance policy being Trubisky with Kenny Pickett there. So I went with Malik Willis. The value is incredible in the third round. The Titans uh, should be headed off to jail for that steal in the third round.
1: So ridiculous. I mean, uh, I'm
2: sure the Steelers had
1: a reason. I'm sure the Steelers had a reason that they passed on. <laughs> I'm trying to tell myself
2: that but it's not working out good enough. <laughs> sure. Hey, and you know what? Round... Sometimes you just got to you know, sometimes you you just got to let the let the feelings out, you know, cuz if you don't then, you know, this this could haunt you forever, man. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. I would <laughs>
1: I would hold it against so many things. (laughs) Uh, I I, I ended up going with Marcus Jones, the corner, slot corner from Houston. He's still raw. He's, I mean, he's still got a lot of uh, things he needs to learn in terms of, especially if if he's going to play any zone coverage at all. He knows enough man coverage. He's a good return man. I think he has a lot of upside, very similar to Mike Hilton, the way he plays, similar in size. Um, But overall, I think third round is really good value. I'm not confident in Arthur Millette as the slot corner. Uh, Sutton would probably be my first choice as of right now, based on who the Steelers have on their roster. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll see what they decide to do there. But I believe Marcus Jones would have a great fit for the Steelers in round three. The Steelers didn't have another pick until the later portions of round four with that compensatory pick, which almost was a third-round pick. And Bud Dupree would have just played a few more snaps. (laughs) Right. But in round four, which direction did you go with the Steelers?
2: I stuck with Calvin Austin, uh, the third. So I've stuck with both wide receivers in my ideal uh, scenario, based on what was available there. So uh, Calvin Austin just just brings that needed speed element that the offense uh, kind of has desperation of, especially when you've got young quarterbacks that that need um, that need some help or as much help as possible. Um, so a speed guy like Austin really stretches the field. It keeps defenses honest. It doesn't allow them to stack the box and or bring extra uh, pressure as much. Uh, so that helps the quarterback. It helps the running game. Calvin Austin, even if he doesn't have huge production as a receiver, um, if he has enough and is enough of a threat to to keep defenses honest, I think that could unlock something with this, this offense in 2022. So that's why I stuck with uh, Calvin Austin from Memphis.
1: Now I know you said you gave this pick an A minus. So you saying there was no pick out there that was worthy that would have been an A plus pick for the Steelers at this point.
2: So I I got to looking at it again uh, where the um and where the defensive backs were being taken and everything and and I found that I can get some guys later in the draft that I really liked. So you know I I stuck with it because I think he adds that element like I said, that the Steelers have been missing. Uh, and it'll be such a huge break for the quarterback and for Najee Harris. So that's why I stuck with it.
1: In round four, I went with Darian Beavers, the inside linebacker yeah. from Cincinnati. Uh, I, I don't see linebackers as a need that the Steelers had to address early. But in round four, it was the value is too good to ignore. I believe I am, what, I think 66 on the big board, I want to say. Um, no, I had him at 60. I had a late second round grade on Beavers. He has enough size to be the buck linebacker. I believe he has enough athleticism uh, to be able to play it at a yeah. relatively high level. I think he would have been a really good compliment to Devin Bush. Uh, so in around four, I thought that was excellent value. Obviously, the Clark Clark uh, also went in this range. He went a little bit higher than what I honestly thought he would after the injury. But Dallas gained another uh, really high upside inside linebacker, uh, which they did a couple years ago with Jabril Cox as well. The Cowboys have seemed to really find themselves some good linebackers yeah, in the middle of the late rounds the past couple of years. Round six, which direction did you go? Did Jeremy Betts go with the Pittsburgh Steelers selection?
2: Yeah. So this is where I took my defensive back and the guy that I've been kind of plugging for out of Penn state is uh, Tariq Castro fields. Um, if you read the uh, several evaluations of the actual pick, when he was taken, um, they love the pick. they think he's got potential to be a contributor on the back end in in his rookie year. I agree with that. He's got the size and the athleticism to kind of just plug and play while he develops um, as a, a thinker and a, and a reactor to uh, what what's going on in the field of all the guys taken round, five even or later. I, I like his upside the most and, He's kind of got that. Hey, go ahead and put me in. I might make a few mistakes, but I'm going to learn best if I'm on the field, uh, you know, getting getting quality reps, and I can provide you with some plays while I'm out there doing it. He's fantastic value in round six. In round six, I went with
0: Connor
1: Hayward, which was the Steelers pick that I gave an A for. I, I accept. I'm going to use him as a fullback, not tight end. Like it sounds like the Steelers are going to use him. Sure. Um, in round seven, the Steelers had two picks. Uh, where'd you go
2: with the first one? I went with. Uh, Rashid Walker, another Penn State guy, offensive tackle. I uh, this is this boggles my mind that he's on the board in round seven. I had, uh, believe, a third round grade on Rashid Walker. I thought he was going to go oh. much faster. Uh, was that kind of where you thought about it as him as well? I had a late fourth round grade on. There's a lot of late forces, but either way, at this
1: point, I mean, there's a lot of traits to work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Seventh round is ridiculous that he's still on the board. I don't know what what was going on here. I I felt like teams were drafting uh, in in a way that was different than most years. It's kind of like they each had their guys, and it didn't matter what their value was or or anything in the latter portion of the round. It was, this is a guy I like, I'm comfortable with. I don't want to mess with it in underactive free agency, so let me go get him. Uh, There were very few picks that seemed like, man, this guy is such good value. How can we pass him up? Rasheed Walker would have been my pick in the early seventh.
1: In the early seventh-round pick for me, I went with Isaiah Weston. Of course, I got the smaller slot receiver Mm -hmm. earlier on. Of course, the Steelers went in the opposite, or they got their big receiver early and their slot receiver later. This time, I get the big receiver second and go with Isaiah Weston, who I believe the Cleveland Browns picked up as an undrafted free agent. That is an excellent pickup for the Browns who are in need of some depth at the wide receiver position. So it'll be interesting to see if he can make the roster, the final Steelers pick. And then if you want to give some undrafted free agents, you can, but with the final seventh round pick, who'd you go with?
2: I went with uh, my boy, Abram Smith. I love what he could bring to the offense behind uh, Najee Harris. The Steelers did not really address this, uh, which I think is a concern. Um, when Mike Tomlin <laughs> talked about uh, – Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell uh, showing what they or showing what their value was worth on the field uh, in their role. I was like, yeah, not, not good, not good value. So uh, Abram Smith to me is an upgrade instantly over both of those guys uh, from a, a physicality standpoint and athletic standpoint and uh, just what the Steelers are wanting to do. So I liked him as my last pick in the draft, obviously, didn't go this way, but you know this is this would be have been an amazing draft, in my humble opinion.
0: <laughs> Carson
1: Strong was the guy I went with here, and of course, sure. stewards needed that fourth quarterback, and it was amazing that he fell as far as he did. I know that he had unbelievable. Any- I mean, he must have gotten failed by a lot of teams medically because that's the only way I can see how he fell this far. He has the arm, he has decent accuracy. Um, wasn't always the most clutch in college, but also didn't always get a ton of help from his teammates. Um, he had some decent help around him, especially when Romeo Dubs with, was healthy. He had a good receiver. Uh, he could always go to. He also had Cooks, the other receiver. Um, he had some weapons. But with Carson Strunk, he's been working with Jordan Palmer, from what I understand, which is always a good thing. It seems to be with these quarterbacks. He's helped a, many a quarterback over the past what decade or what, however yeah. long he's been doing this.
2: Right. Um,
1: obviously, the knee injury, you have some concerns and he's not the most mobile guy. But guy is a backup. I think he's going to make it. He's with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd kind of be shocked if he doesn't make the roster unless there's some yeah. extra medical concern that comes up. I had a late second round grade on him. And I know it's it's easy to go back and be like, you know, maybe I moved this guy up too high on the board, seeing how late he fell. But I mean, last year I had Trey Smith as a late first round grade. Uh he fell to the sixth round and he was almost a pro bowler for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Carson Strong. Uh, but either way, I mean, I already mentioned some of the undraft creeds, so I'm not gonna yeah. get into them. You all know who I had interest in the later rounds. Um, a lot of talent fell, the undrafted free agents, uh, undrafted free agency. Um, so, Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts on this draft class as a whole relative to what the Steelers could have done, relative to what they did do? Do you have any final thoughts before we head out?
2: So I'm trying to remember which round um, N'Kobe Dean was taking in. I want to say it was the sixth round. But I Nakobe Dean, I, th-
1: I think it was – I want to say it was the third round. Let me – The Eagles got in the third round.
2: Let me look this up because he was the only other guy um, around that uh, the wide receiver pick, the uh, second one the Steelers had. I'm blanking on the name, Calvin Austin. He was the only one around that time frame that I thought was, uh, you know, worth trying to go up, go get. But I, I'm not sure if he was available. But anyway, I mean, just N'Kobe I mean, Dean falling that far. If he if he gets healthy. The, the guy is, is just a natural leader and he knows how to play football and you can't put a, a price tag on, on good football players, which I think he, he really could be and is already.
1: Well, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We have some more NFL draft content. We're still finishing up with this year's draft over behind the steel curtain. We have some more content coming out this week. Jeremy, do you have anything you want to plug for the website? I know you've been pumping out some really impressive articles lately.
2: Well thank you. I'm enjoying doing it. I'm I'm going to do start a series uh this week on uh the uh positions after the draft. Uh the players in each position, we'll do like a roster reset if you will and just deep dive into each position what these guys can bring to the table as uh individual players and then um kind of a prediction for how the the roster might shake out over the next few months as we lead into uh training camp. Well, this week,
1: I'm going to have my annual all draft team that comes out. I choose three, I choose a player from each round of the draft, my favorite pick from each one who I think could have the most success. And then I have three also considered underneath, under each pick. So, really, four guys in each round, the guys that were my favorite picks in each round. Then, based off just the opinions of other people and things that they said I could improve upon uh, last year, I'm going to add a second part to the article this year, I'm going to actually fill out a full team, going to have 22 positions, going to have three players from each round, and then I'll have one undrafted free agent to fill out um, my uh, 22 players for offense and defense. So you'll have to check that out, see how it goes out. And maybe next week, we, Jeremy and I haven't talked about this, but um, maybe that's something we can do on the actual show next week, do our own all draft teams. Um, I don't know if that's something that Sunday you'd be interested in, Jeremy. Yeah, um, we but can. That'd be something that'd be interesting to look into.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That would be a blast. I, um, I'm um, i looking forward to seeing how each of these guys play out. And, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do this year is appreciate good football and good football players across the board. And, um, you know, always through a black and gold lens, and I will never not be a Steelers fan first, but there's so many good players out there, so many good prospects that came out in this draft. I'm rooting for them all to to have good careers, to be productive players and really reach their potential. I know that that's what I would want if I uh, was in their position as well. So uh, just good luck to all these guys looking forward to talking about them more as the uh, weeks, months, and years progress down the road. 100%. He's Jeremy Betts.
1: I'm Andrew Wilbar. We'll see you next week when we break down more of the 2022 NFL draft on the Steelers draft fix.